have song service and we, we brought some of the kids from summer camp to help us. And we're going to be singing some of the songs that we've been singing for the past month. Are you guys ready to show everyone what you learned? Okay, so get up, okay? Stand up. Can we get the screen in the back one, please? Thank you.
entertain the power of prayer. It is intercessory prayer time. And this morning I want to have a little bit of a theme as we entertain prayer. There's a very familiar passage of scripture that comes from the book of Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 17. It's the story of the 10 letters. But something very interesting takes place in verse 13. As I was dialoguing with one of our fine elders here at this church, Elder McDavid, I found that it was necessary as we entertain on this Sabbath day, intercessory prayer, that we would highlight the power of mercy. In the story of the 10 lepers, these individuals were needing healing, needing food, needing help. But their words to Christ was, have mercy on me. Some versions say, have pity on me. Today, we like to think we know what we need from God. But how about we just suggest to God, God, just have mercy on us. So today at Abundant Life, it is our culture here that we often invite you to stand and to come down, those that are in need of help and hope and healing and God's hand. So I invite you, wherever you are, please just step right up, come out of your pew, Come down here and let's pray to a God who is capable, dependable, and assured. It is this time that we believe in the power of prayer. days of disappointments, six days of finding ourselves in moments where we're asking, where are thou? But Lord, even in our moments of despair, you are still there. And we're thankful, Lord, because you've allowed us to come to this place, this church. And we're here, O oh God, asking that you will receive our praise, honor, and glory. We're thankful, Lord, for every visitor here today every parent, every child. We're thankful, Lord, that we have chosen to come here to worship you in spirit and in truth. 
So now, Lord, as we entertain the theme for today, this, this theme and this intercessory prayer of have mercy on us, we're asking, Lord, that you will help us where we are in need. Father, there's nothing I can say that you don't know about because you are still the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You know all things, oh Lord. And so, Father, we're asking as you survey this congregation, as you look at each person from the back of the church to the front of the church, as you entertain the, the sound booth, the video booth, as you even make your way throughout this church, oh God, I ask as you visit the band, I ask, oh God, that you will pour out what we need. Have mercy on us. We pray, oh God, for our children, our young people. We pray, oh Lord, that you'll bless them, those that have been able to graduate now here at summer camp. And Father, you will instill in them something that they themselves will be amazed about. We pray for our adults and our parents that had the right minds to bring their children here today. We pray, Lord, that a blessing will be poured upon them in a very special way. And for those, oh God, who have stepped out of their pews, who said, Lord, I need to stretch my hand in me, who have come and were on bended knee, we ask, oh God, that you will meet them where they are asking for you to meet them. And so now, Lord, because we know that you can, according to your word, you are capable. And according to your promise, you are God all by yourself. Have going away with your congregation today, we pray. Bless the speaker of the hour. Use him in a mighty way. And let this service truly reflect how much we love you. This we pray in your mighty name, Jesus Christ our Lord. Let everyone say, Amen. 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 Wonderful, wonderful time. 
You know, uh, yesterday we went to this place, um, what was the place called? Flipping out. out. Huh? Flipping, I, I don't even like to say that word. It sounds like a bad word. Right? <laughs> but uh, they had a great time, right? And I think that was a great combination of our um, summer camp. Uh, these kids, on a daily basis, they learn scriptures, uh, they learn songs, they, uh, we had a lot of visitors, and uh, Elder and David and uh, Pastor Clark were going to give you a little highlight of the number of things that, we, that uh, they did, and you're going to see some pictures and little videos as well. And so at this time, stay tuned for the Abundant Life Summer Camp Oh, 
people. So can everybody just clap their hands for our young people? I, uh, I just want to express my appreciation uh, to be here again. Um, and I just want to tell you guys that it was a very, it was an interesting experience dealing with these kids for the past month. Um, but good, interesting in a good way. Um, as part of my responsibilities for the summer camp, I was in charge of doing the devotions every day for the past month. And so we cover things pertaining to God's extreme power. Um, and unfortunately, toward the end of the camp, I started to get a little sick. And as you can hear, my voice isn't all the way there. But I just like to thank God that. I'm able to be here today, that even in my weakness, his extreme power can be made manifest. Amen. Um, so as I was saying, we were look, we've been looking at uh, God's extreme power. And so we've covered God's extreme power to create. And we looked at Genesis and creation and what happened during that seven-day seven period. And we progressed through different um, different stories in the Bible where God's power has been shown. We, we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and God's ability to save. We looked at um, the, 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 the uh, story of, of the blind man and God's ability to heal. We looked at God's power to cast out demons and God's power to stop storms from, from occurring while in the bit, from storms from, storms from occurring. Excuse me. Um, and we concluded with God's ability to love us forever and showcasing that his son died on the cross for each and every one of us. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things for, for myself as a young adult. It's one of those things where I know that God has the power to do many things in my life. And at the same time, when storms do arise in my life, I ask the question, yes, God can do these things, but does he care enough to help me? So the verse that we're looking at today Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 40. That's Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 40. If you don't mind, we can all stand to our feet as we read the scripture for today. When you are there, please let me know by saying amen. Again, for those who are still looking, it's Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 40. And the Bible reads, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with them, they took with them in the boat, just, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. 
And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he, speaking of Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, Jesus awoke and rebuked the wind and the sea. He said, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Verse 40, he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? You may be seated. to give the message a title for today, I would call it, Does God Care? But let's pray. Father in heaven, this is your moment. Take it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Mark chapter 4, 35 to 40, we, we know the story very well, but for me, I'm the type of individual that likes to picture things. And so when I read this story, I, I, I picture the scene that day, and it's probably sometime around noon, maybe a little bit later in the day. And Jesus has been preaching and teaching nonstop. He, he's, been, he's been healing and preaching so much so that a large crowd begins to follow him. And so Jesus tells his disciples to get a boat so that he can still preach and teach the crowd. And so he's he, he, in the boat, Jesus, now he gets in the boat, and he begins to teach the crowd about the parable of the sower, describing how certain individuals will hear the word of God and will relish in it as like a good seed takes it, take, does in good soil, while others will fall to the ground and bear no fruit. He spoke to the crowd about letting your light shine like a lamp placed on a lampstand, and he gave them encouragement in the parable of the mustard seed, that even though their faith may be small, at some point in their life, they ought not be discouraged because although a mustard seed may be small, the potential within that seed, uh, the, the potential within that seed to be a mighty tree of faith with, which, with branches extended to support those who are in need of rest is right around the corner. So I'm continuing reading and I'm picturing the day and evening decides to starts to roll around it. So because the hour is late, Jesus looks at his disciples and he tells them that they're going to go to the other side. This wasn't an abnormal request as the disciples, they had been traveling with Jesus for quite some time. They had been with him long enough to see the power of God manifest itself. So for them, this was just another part of their journey. So they... They, they, they disciples, they grab, they gather their belongings, they grab some ropes here and some ropes there, they grab some cushions here and some cushions there, they grab some baskets here and some baskets there. They take all their belongings, throw it into the boat, and they get into the boat, push it into the water, and they set sail. Things are moving smoothly, the gentle walking of the waves kind of lulls some people to sleep. The water, they weren't choppy, the breeze was sweet. The breeze was sweet, but this was just a calm before the storm. And as they get to about the middle of the lake, where it's deepest, everything starts to go awry. 
the wind starts to pick up, dark, ominous clouds form overhead, and the water starts to get rough. The waves begin to crash against the sides of the boat, and lightning begins to flash. Precipitation starts to fall heavier and heavier, to the point where the disciples begin to open their eyes. The boat is being tossed to and fro like a rag doll, and the disciples are trying to gain control of the situation. The water begins to fill the boat. And so while some disciples decide that they're trying to row their way back to the shore, others take what they can to try and bail some of the water out. And suddenly a wave crashes against the boat with a concussive force that knocks the disciple to the ground. And as the disciple tries to reorient himself, he sees Jesus sleeping in the back of the boat. Jesus, comfortable like a baby in his mother's bosom. Now, the Bible doesn't say which disciple it is, but I'd like to believe that this disciple was Thomas, since Thomas is described as the one who doubts, the realist of the group. So Thomas, he goes to Jesus, probably stumbling along the slippery deck, and he reaches Jesus and he shakes him, and he says, Jesus, we are about to die. Don't you care? Do you care, Jesus, that all of our lives are at stake? And, 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 and truth be told, if we look at ourselves, we often find ourselves doing the exact same thing. When things are going wrong in our life, we, ask, we often ask, why, Jesus? Why would you allow me to go through this? Why would you allow my loved one to fall ill? Why, Jesus, would you allow my loved one to die? Why would you allow this person in my life so that they can abuse me, Jesus? Why? 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 Do you not care? Don't you care, Jesus, that I'm a single parent trying to feed my kids? Don't you care, Jesus, that I'm trying to provide for my family, but I'm being, I'm being threatened with termination? Don't you care? A lot of the time, it's not a matter of knowing that Christ is capable, because we know he is. It's a matter of knowing whether or not he cares. Our worry is not about where his hand of mercy is, but where his heart lies. So the question must be asked, what must I do when it seems like Christ doesn't care? I believe the answer to this question is found in both Jesus' response and the disciples' actions during this entire episode. You see, the first thing that we realize but the first thing that we see when the storm hits is the disciples, they're frantically searching for a way to remain in control of the situation. But Jesus, on the other hand, is the very picture of peace. And that should probably say something to us. Because even in the midst of the storm, Jesus was perfectly at peace. That fact alone should have encouraged his followers and in turn should encourage us because Jesus knew that his father loved him, and Jesus loved his father and knew that he would take care of him. And as a result, he was able to rest easily knowing the father's heart. Jesus slept in the storm because he was truly secure in the father's love. And so the first thing that we need to do when we feel as though God doesn't care is we need to remember simply this, that God still loves us. 
Once we've come to that realization, and once we've, we stand firm on that foundation, that rock, we can stand, we can stand at peace in the midst of our storm. Our, the, the, boat, our, our, the boat of our life may rock to and fro, but we are at peace. Why? Because we know the heart of our Father. It may, be, it may seem difficult, but God is always in control. It may seem as though Jesus is sleeping, but realize that as long as he is in our vessel, he can smile at the storm. The second thing that we need to do when it seems as though Christ is indifferent is we need to remember that our storms, whatever it is that we're going through, is not only about us. Well, what do you mean? I've got school, I've got work, I've got family. What do you mean the fact that I cannot provide for my family as an example? It's not just about me. Well, it's never been only about you. Let me explain. When Jesus told his disciples that they were going to the other side, he addressed the 12. But in the text, we see that though Christ addressed the disciples, Others started to decide to follow, follow along with them. Although the story focused on the disciples and Christ being caught in the midst of a storm on the lake, we, we should not forget that others were with them. And so though your storm may feel localized, know that someone within these very church walls may be going through the exact same mess that you're going through. See, we often want to believe and teach that there were only disciples that benefited from this experience. But because there were other people with them, they were able to see the mighty power of God in the lives of the disciples. It wasn't just the disciples that was caught up in the storm. It was the others that decided to carry along with them. And so because they were watching what was happening to the disciples, and because they saw how Jesus arose and, and said, peace be still to their storm, they were encouraged because they know that whatever it is that they're going through, when Christ says, peace, be still, peace, be still. You may never know who has inadvertently been drawn into your story. And so rather than take an attitude of panic to your situation, take an attitude of prayer. Ask God to help you reflect the faith that you've been called to exhibit. And when you overcome, not if, but when you overcome. You see, it's never a matter of if we overcome, because as far as Jesus is concerned, he who began a good work in us will bring it until completion. So when you have overcome, share your testimony, because it's not about because it's not by the trials, the amount of trials we face, not by the amount of tests we come across or that we overcome, but we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. The miracle of the calm sea is a lot for the disciples' faith. The storms in our lives are used by God to strengthen our faith. We either grow bitter or better, but the choice ultimately is still ours. We can bail water or we can bail out. But Psalms 103 reminds us that our loving Father knows our frame. And he, he made us and he knows just how much we can endure. So point number two, when it feels like 
God doesn't care. Just a recap, when it feels like God doesn't care, we have to remember that one, God still loves us. And that two, our storms are not only about ourselves. And last but certainly not least, when we're going through a rough time and it seems as though Christ is disinterested in our struggle, we need to learn how to trust God's heart when we cannot see his hand. Now let's be honest. We won't trust someone with our brand new car if we don't trust them as a responsible driver. We're not gonna trust the safety of our children to a babysitter unless they've been proven to be mature, responsible caretakers. We won't trust our financial investments with someone unless we trust their character. And the same goes for our relationship with Christ. Unless we can trust him and believe that he cares for us and has our best interest at heart, we cannot give our all to him. This is probably the most difficult part of this entire message because it literally hangs on trusting what you cannot see. But that's exactly what faith is. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We have to transition from a show me type of faith to a faith that says, I'll show you where I rest. I like how Luke writes it. See, in Luke's account of this story, Jesus says, where is your faith? In other words, where have you placed your trust? Have you placed it in knowing what I can do? Or have you placed it in knowing who I am? Our faith should not be placed in Christ's ability, but rather in his character. When we place our faith in Christ's ability, we're shaken when he doesn't come through for us the way we think he's supposed to. But when our faith is placed in his character, we're able to actually say, let your will be done and mean it. When our faith is placed in his character, we can trust and believe that whatever the outcome may be, good or bad, happy or sad, we know that it is for our good. When we are able to live by faith in who Christ is and not by an emotional feeling, we will be able to praise God no matter our circumstance. And so we need, as Christians living in today's world, with all the stuff we're going bad in this world, people are getting shot for no good reason at all. And we're wondering, is it my turn next? We're wondering, this may just be my last paycheck. We're wondering, I don't know if I'm going to be making it in school. And we're wondering, does God care? We need to move from a faith that says, God, show me, so that, to a faith that says to our peers, I'll show you that although things may be going wrong in my life, I still rest in God and I still trust in him to bring me through day by day, minute by minute, month by month, year by year. God is still good to me and I'll give him the praise anyhow. Now some of you may be wondering, sitting in the pew or watching online, how can I trust God's character if I don't know, I don't really know what it looks like? Take a trip with me to Gethsemane. In Gethsemane, Jesus is there, and he's praying, Father, if it be your will, let this come pass. Nonetheless, 
not my will, but yours. You prayed, you sweat, you bled. And at the end of the day, he still had to go through the salvation. So they beat him. They whipped him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They mocked him by putting a scarlet robe around his shoulders and a scepter in his hands. They blindfolded him. They said, prophesy, who hit you? They made him carry an old rugged cross down the Via Dolorosa, down to Golgotha. They nailed his hands in, in, in the cross, raised him up. And it was at that moment that Jesus said, although I may die, it's for you because I love you this much. That is Christ's character. Christ is willing to die so that you can live. And so if there's one thing that we ought to remember, there's one thing that, 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 that should cause us to trust in Christ that much more is to remember exactly what he did some 2,000 years ago where he bled for us, died for us, and rose again for us. So that when he comes back, we can be with him forever. Ultimately, we need to reflect the life of Christ. Now, all I can really say is don't worry about what it is that you're going through. Don't worry about the trials and tribulations that you're going to come across in some time of week. Don't worry about who said what to you. Just trust God's heart. And he'll take care of the rest. Place your trust not in Christ's ability, but rather in his heart. So now, I just gotta ask is there someone here who's been going through something? Who, who, who needs to say, God, I've been, I've been going through a lot, and I need you to help me trust. Uh-huh. If that's you, I'm just asking you to stand where you are. There may be some wrestling going on in some of you. Because what you've gone through, you may feel like may truly feel like God doesn't care. But he cares. He knows. And just like the song that the children sang, he sees each tear that falls. And he still calls you by name. So trust his heart. We're praying. Father in heaven, we thank you, God. We thank you for keeping us in the midst of our storms. For right now, God, we're, some of us are going through some things. And we don't know how we're going to make it through. 
the rain is falling and it's blurring our vision. And we're crying out, Lord, do you care? We're in need of a peace be still word from you. And so God, for your children who are standing here today, I ask that you speak directly to their situation. Declare peace be still in their lives. Clear the sky so that they can see the sun. So that they can give you the honor and praise and the glory. Help them to remember, Lord, that whatever it is that they're going through is not only about them, but because they've made it through, they'll be able to tell others, this is how God is helping Father in heaven, still there are some of us in here, still seated, who, who are wrestling, Lord, with giving our all to you. And we just ask, God, that you continue to tug at their heartstrings, pull them closer to you, tug at their heartstrings, pull them closer to you, God. Never give up on them and remind them that you love them, that you love them so much so that you are willing to die for them. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. This is our prayer. In the matchless, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. children to stand. The children that came to summer camp, stand up. And I want you to lead them up here. Lead all the children up here. Lead them up. Um, group leaders, counselors, lead them all up here. As the children come up, as the children come up, um, we just want to just thank God for them. Thank God for them. And all the children come up. You know, Jesus said in the book of um, Matthew, um, chapter 18, um, he says that we should suffer the little children to come unto him. Forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. You see these little children? It's very important for us to do what we can to give them a bright future. Give them a path to walk on, a, a, a faithful path. And guess what? Guess who, are, who they're watching? Us. These little children, they are watching. You know, sometimes I like to just sit down and chill with the kids and, and I hear some of the things that they talk about. My mommy, my daddy, my big brother, guess what I saw? And sometimes I can't even repeat it. 
I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging us, included. You know, we have to be very careful what we expose our children to. And this is one of the things that Jesus, he blessed the children. He anointed the children. Whatever town that Jesus went to, he brought the little children to him. Uh, the little children came to him. The parents brought them, and he blessed them. He anointed them. Because truly, there's a calling upon each and every one of their lives. Uh, in this group, you have some doctors, some lawyers. You have some politicians. Yes, 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 yes. You have some nurses. You have some engineers. You have some pilots, right? You have all sorts of career that is found within, even some ministers. Let's add that too, right? Amen, ministers? Come on, Jeremy. Yeah, all right, all right, okay. All right, we have some singers as well. We have some pediatricians, yes. And uh, all sorts of different professions, right? But these children, they are truly blessed. And it would be a curse for us as parents, guardians, if we should lead them in the wrong way. So at this time, if you could identify your child up here, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you could identify your child here, stand. Pastors, I know that we have some pastors that's here in the congregation. I'm asking you to stand and join me, please. All right. Okay. Now, Pastor, I'm going to ask you to touch these children. I'm going to ask the children, I want you to hold hands. Hold hands. Each of you hold hands. Pastor Clark is going to touch you. Parents. I want you to form a link. Now, you may not have your child here, but you're a parent, you can stand as well. And I want you to hold hands over here. Very important. Very important. Now, we have a guest pastor, and he's going to be preaching for us on the 14th for Seniors Day, right? What is your name again, sir? James Summit. James Summit, and where are you from, Pastor Summit? 
West Jamaica Conference, Powerful Preacher. And I want you know, as parents, as we hold hands, our parents, just hold hands. Reach out and if, if there's not a hand to hold a parent there, fine. Hold, if you're sitting down, hold hands. If you're a parent, you should be standing at this time. If you're a parent, if you're a parent, and you're proud to be a parent, hold somebody's hands. We want to pray for the anointing of our children. And we want to pray for the blessing of our children. And so I'm going to be asking Pastor Sunday if you could have a word of prayer um, for the parents. And I'm going to have a word of prayer for the children, for the blessing of our parents and children. Let us pray. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we glorify and we praise your mighty name. We thank you, God, for our parents, for the responsibilities that you have placed in their hands to lead, to guide, to train and discipline these young ones. We know, Lord, that they cannot handle it on their own. They need your guidance. So we commit them in your hands. We ask for your Holy Spirit's presence in their lives. We pray that you will give them the wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge of how to carry out their responsibilities right. We pray that you'll give them the patience so that as they train and guide their children, they will do it in a way that will bring honor and glory to you. We pray that you'll give them a heart of love that they will love them the way that you want them to love them. We pray, Lord, that you'll give them the strength and the endurance to deal with all that comes with training and taking care of the children. Oh, Lord, we pray that you will help them to recognize that you in their hearts will make this possible. So may they open their hearts now and receive you as Lord of their lives. And as they receive you, Lord, and as they commit themselves to you, we pray that you will help them to carry out their work as parents in a way that will make these children model children for the world. We pray that you'll keep them in your care and bless them as they carry out their responsibilities. May they love you with all their hearts. May they honor you all the day of their lives. Thank you for what you have done in their lives and what you will continue to do to them and through them. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Lord, we just want to continue to thank you. Lord, as we step forward, we lay our hands on these children. Innocent children, Lord, we pray that your anointing will be upon them. We pray, Father, that you will lead them, Father. Help them that the lessons that they have learned over this past month, that they will carry forth into the future. I pray, Father, that you will just bless them and, and just lead them, Lord, to higher heights. And when all is said and done, Lord, we pray that all of these children and their parents and everyone in here, Lord, we will be at your feet, praising you, Lord, throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. Bless and keep us all, we pray in the mighty and the master's name of Jesus Christ. 
that all the church say, Amen. Amen.